Anderson, a dramatic finish, and here is the wire, and it is Percy Lexander with winning colors in a photo. Easy goer with one final acceleration, and Sunday Silence holds on. Flanders on the inside, on the outside, Serena Song giving their all as they come down to the line. Flanders, Serena Song, Flanders looks like she got her nostril on the wire first. Tabasco Cat Pat Day trying to get him home. Concern will try to do it from last to first. And here's the wire. Concern from out of the clouds. Pilsudski at the bullet of Seamsville. Pilsudski takes the lead in the shadow of the wire. Pilsudski is the winner by a length. It's Alphabet Soup. Cigar on the outside. Louis Couture's Alphabet Soup has scored a shocking upset. Set your turn. now time for the 2022 Breeders' Cup Seminar, presented by the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast 2022 Breeders' Cup Seminar. I'm CC Broadus, joined by my partner in crime, Alan Schneider. Alan, how are you doing? I'm fine. Happy Halloween, pal. Uh, got the trick-or-treaters running around out here and got the beagle knows that they're running around here. So you may hear some howling back and forth a little bit. We'll try to, we'll try, I'll try to disguise a little bit, but if, if it comes through, that's, that's me. I will tell you that. Uh, happy Halloween to you. So. Yeah, Halloween, I'm not a big Halloween person, quite frankly. It drives my wife and kids crazy, but, you know, they, they enjoy it. So, Of course, today is a special day in the sport of racing. Uh, there's a lot of excitement going on. A lot of uh, the, the buzz is palpable, as they say, as uh, we're all getting ready for uh, a huge event, and that would be uh, tonight's uh, $1 billion Powerball drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't. I haven't bought a lottery ticket in a decade. Alan, what would you do with a billion dollars? Oh boy, uh, I'd buy groceries for once. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, I might have to win a billion five where we really fill the card up, but uh, I would help poor people. Is what I would do. Is that a good answer? And I would. I'd save a couple bucks for myself. That's a cop out, but whatever. We'll go. I know I, you hit me on the spot, or whatever. So I thought I'd come up with a politically correct answer. No, in reality, we're we're celebrating this week's running of the Breeders' Cup. I believe this is number 39. A lot of good memories over those 39 years. A lot of great horse races uh, to to help us celebrate and uh, to analyze the 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 two big cars on Friday and Saturday. We brought on our two friends and uh, just excellent, intelligent minds when it comes to this stuff. And of course, we're gonna talking we're talking about JJ Hysel. JJ, how you doing? Hey, doing all right, guys. How are you doing? Wonderful. Glad you're here. And of course, uh, Caitlin Free is with us. Uh, 
She's uh, a paddock host at Churchill Downs uh, for uh, uh, on on some days, and then she does uh, turfway in the winter and does an excellent job of that. Caitlin, uh, welcome to the show. Great to be back with you guys, and I mean, Breeders' Cup, I can't believe how fast this year has flown by. I'd agree, I'd agree, but I'm old, so it always flies by quick for me. Yeah, I think I've seen now 36 of them. 30, 35 at least, 35. 80, I remember 87 was the first one I ever watched. Well, while we're on the subject, uh, we're talking about old Breeders' Cups, uh, uh, JJ, I'll start with you. I'll put you on the spot real quick. Uh, any uh, favorite Breeders' Cup memories that immediately pop into your head? Oh, gosh. Um, well, it, 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 as you bring that up, it, it goes to what we're going to be talking about. Um, in 2010, uh, there was a Florida bred named Awesome Feather who came in undefeated to the uh, juvenile Phillies. And a friend of mine who, who follows racing at Goldstream very closely, uh, we both got on to her. And I don't remember what her odds were, but they were really good odds that she went off at. And we, we both had uh, significant bets on Awesome Feather. And there is a horse this year in the juvenile Phillies who reminds me very much of Awesome Feather in that 2010 race. So I, I have a good memory of that because we, we cashed big and, and it was really hard to believe that this horse was overlooked. Uh, just because she was a Florida bred and, and, and came out of Gulfstream, she was undefeated. I, I believe it was for Chad Brown. Yeah, I, I think we were there, Alan. I think you and I were there at that. That was at Churchill. Yes. Yeah, it's going to lead me into my favorite thing here in a second, but yeah, you're right. We were there. Uh, Caitlin, what about you? Favorite Breeders' was- Cup memory? Oh. I would say uh, Groupie Dog going back-to-back in the uh, Philly Mare Sprint. She's my all-time favorite race mare, and she was just so awesome, and I feel like she's so underrated. And maybe a more recent one would be um, Love's Only You and last year's Philly and Mare Turf. So I love my Phillies and Mares. They've, they've definitely – those two are really, really special in um, my Breeders' Cup memory bank. What about you, Alan? All right, we'll go back to 2010. I could come up with a whole bunch of them I'm, because I am old and I've seen a lot of them. I remember the first one, Wild Again, but we'll go to 2010. Uh, we'll start on Friday, kind of a unique thing. Cece and I were right there, I mean, feet away from the infamous uh, Javier Castellano, Calvin Burrell fight, correct, in the winter circle after, I want to say it was the marathon, right? Yeah. When they, when they went yeah. at it and such, we were right there and watching those two gargantuan titans all 107 pounds a piece of them going at it was was some, a sight to behold. There's one, and then the next day we were there for, of course, Blame and Zenyatta, and the electricity in the crowd. You you can't. I mean, it's like it was almost like a World Series kind of a fever when Zenyatta, who looked hopelessly beaten for a little while, made that run and down the center of the track, and it, and it looked like she was going to get her get Blame, but Blame dug in, and it was that truly was electric, wouldn't you say, Cece? Yeah, that would be my favorite in-person Breeders' Cup moment for sure, was Zenyatta and Blaine. That was an all-timer. But uh, for me, my favorite goes way back, 1989, when uh, Sunday Silence and Easy Goer settled their score. Like, something we never see anymore, but they, they settled their score on the racetrack, and Sunday Silence held off Easy Goer, one of the greatest races you'll ever see. And those, probably those two produced two of the greatest races I've ever seen in my entire life. So that that... That was an all-timer as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't agree more. So uh, what we're going to do is work our way backwards. 
on Friday. We're going to do Friday's card here, and we're going to work our way backwards. We're going to start with the Juvenile Turf, which will be the last race. And I am really struggling to find the pole positions for this race. But I know Silver, just from memory, Silver Knot is going to be the probably the favorite, three to one, something like that. Let's just go to Caitlin first and uh, give us your thoughts on the Juvenile Turf. I thought this race actually came up pretty weak. Um, Silver Knot, very respectable horse and a deserving favorite, but I don't think this is even close to the best horse that Charlie Appleby has brought over. That being said, he could very easily win this race because I don't think that there is a ton in here. Probably the only other ones that I would mention that I really, really like. Um, and the winner is for um, the Catman, Packs of Wallop would be the other one for the U.S. hopes, but I think this one's probably going to go by way of Europe, whether it be Silver Knot or Victoria Road for Aiden O'Brien, but I just really don't think this is the strongest renewal of this race because I think those two horses from those respective barns are probably B or C team compared to the rest of the juveniles that they have in their barn, but I don't know. This is a race that I'm going to kind of have to dig a little bit deeper and maybe try to find a price that I like because it's kind of looking like it may chalk out to me. What about you, JJ? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree that, you know, it, it looks like those two Euro horses are, are are a little bit of a cut above here. I think uh, Silver Knot and uh, Victoria Road are very appealing. Um, I, I do like some of the horses coming out of the Pilgrim. Uh, whether or not they, they can compete with the, the European contingent, I don't know, but I'm, I'm very busy in La Chase. Um, Major Dude didn't draw well. He he drew on the far outside, and I I kind of soured on him because of that. But uh, I, I'm very busy, and the Chase are both both look like they could be any kind, you know. And they 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 both only have two races under the belt. And that's the problem with these races is you have so little to go on, and you don't really know what the potential is for some of these horses. I agree with Caitlin, and the winner is has looked phenomenal at Keeneland. Uh, I know he's coming back quick after that bourbon win, but gosh, this horse really touts himself in the mornings. He has been training great. Um, he's he's one to look out for. Uh, but but I do think those two, Silver Knot, Victoria Road, do do seem a cut above uh, the, the rest of the field. For me, I'm going to go with Silver Knot. He's probably going to be my single on the on the late pick four, pick five tickets. Uh, yeah, it seems like a dolphin has a has a. a cold on this race in the last several years uh yeah i'm going there alan there's a horse in here that you kind of like a little bit of the price uh you care to expound on that uh, opinion well let me see you don't have to go to me every time we've got these uh, ladies who've got who are the real geniuses here i will tell you from a name standpoint never ending story is great because that's a great movie back in the 80s uh, jj do you remember that movie yes <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> and the great theme song from uh lamal from the band kajagugu but i digress as i usually do uh, I think I did. I was it last call I like no, knock your socks off is out of the race. And I like from as these ladies here, there's 14 Breeders' Cup races uh, on a, from an excitement level. Where's this race rank at for you to to watch and or bet? For me, this is my least favorite race of the whole event. <laughs> there you go, Caitlin. I definitely agree, especially when it comes to Friday's card. I I usually like this race a decent bit, but honestly, this is probably the least strong race 
that I've seen and I've been watching it since this race was inaugurated. So I'm just really not crazy about this race this year. On the flip side, I do like all the other turf races aside from this one, but I still expect a European horse to win this race. Well, I see that sounds like a great segue to move on from this piece of crap, right, CC? Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, the penultimate race on that Friday Breeders' Cup cards, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and we're going to have a heavy favorite with Cave Rock, who's three for three from the Bob Baffert Barn, a son of Airgate, and he's looked impressive in every single one of his starts. And he drew well, too. I think the, the speed drew into the inside of him. Hurricane Jay drew the one, and, and Cave Rock gets the three. So, uh, JJ, we'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on the Breeders' Cup Juvenile? Yeah, th- there's no denying that Cave Rock, he looks like the real deal. And it's really interesting to watch him train because he so much resembles his late sire, Airgate, the way he holds his head so low. Uh, he's just a real tour de force. And what makes him so dangerous is he can click off those fast fractions and, and hold on and carry his speed. Uh, the only concern I have with Cave Rock is he's had the lead in, in all three of his wins. He's never faced any trouble, any kickback. If he has any bad start, if he, if he faces any traffic trouble kickback, that's going to be totally new for him. We don't know how he's going to react to that. And, and that, that could happen in this full field. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Hurricane Jay drew the one and he's in the three. Hurricane Jay could also try to press him very early on. Hurricane Jay is an early speed horse, and that could be a tactic they could they could try to use with him. I think there is one horse in here who could challenge Cave Rock, and I think that's his stablemate, National Treasure. Uh, the son of Quality Road has just been training unbelievably in the mornings. Uh, he's he's been all the buzz over in the West Coast. They they said his work was probably the best beast, uh, Breeders' Cup Classic work that they had out there. And I know that he was beaten by Cave Rock, but I, he looks like he may be taking a step forward, and uh, it could be a challenger for him. I, I like Forte. I liked his Breeders Breeders Futurity win. I think he is a classy colt, but I see him as still developing, and I'm not sure if he's quite ready for the likes of, of Cave Rock, if he can beat Cave Rock at this point uh, where he is uh, in his maturity level. So I I would put Forte underneath. The horse I think to watch for the future, and I want to mention this because we have the Kentucky Derby Future Wager. The very first one opens Tuesday, tomorrow, or Tuesday when this airs, and uh, it, it goes until Thursday. And there's there's many betting interests. A horse to watch is Lost Ark, uh, the brother of Nest for, for Todd Pletcher. I don't see him winning this race, but I do see him as being a future three-year-old star. Uh, for the Todd Pletcher barn. I love the way he, he gobbled up ground in that breeder's futurity. I think he's a future talent. Yeah, Cave Rock just seems to be a cut above the rest in this group. He's seasoned, you know, I hate to say seasoned as three starts because there's a few that have a little bit more in here, but, I mean, he's just gotten everything his own way. He's done it easily. He's done it impressively. So I, I think it's going to take something really special to beat him. But if I had to look elsewhere, you know, should something go wrong, or as JJ said, you know, there is some pace he gets caught up in. He is going to, you know, be facing the best he's ever faced and maybe going against some different circumstances. I would look to National Treasure and verifying. I think these are two Colts that are really on the come up. They were both grade one place to really nice horses in the second starts of their career after impressive maiden special weight wins. I really, really like National Treasure. The same, you know, exact same thing that JJ said. This is the horse that I really want to use in here as a price. And I, I really respect verifying the same way, too. Um, Forte, I just thought that the Brad Cox trainee in the um, 
the futurity whose name is slipping me. I thought Log- that was Loggins. I thought he was the better of the horses in that race. Um, but Forte obviously could run well at Keeneland, so he does have that in his back pocket. Um, aside from Cave Rock, the other Bob Baffert and uh, verifying, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on Blazing Sevens. I think he got really lucky on an off track last time. So Cave Rock, I think it's going to take something really, really special to beat him. But I, I like the stable mate as well. So I I hate to say it, but I, I think this is going to be a Bob Baffert show in this race. I was kind of high on Blazing Sevens. I, I saw a workout where he, he outfinished Jack Christopher uh, last week. Uh, I, I don't know if that, that bodes well for him, though. Jack Christopher is out with an injury, and it, I kind of heard it through the grapevine. The horse wasn't looking all that well for about 30 days now. So, yeah, Blazing Sevens is, is a no-go for me. But, yeah, I, I, I just think K-Rock drove, drew perfectly. And I hate to eat chalk in every one of these races, but the, the, he's going to be tough to beat. That's for certain. Let's uh, let's back up one race. We're going to go now to the Juvenile Phillies turf. Looks like the morning line favorite is number 10, Meditate. This is uh, from the, the Aiden O'Brien, the Coolmore gang. Ryan Moore is going to ride. This horse is obviously coming from Europe. Let's throw it back to Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, selections for the Juvenile Phillies turf. I'm really against Meditate in this race. Aiden O'Brien has never won this race. I don't think he usually brings his strongest Phillies. He has brought some that have turned out to be stars, but they just haven't been ready at this point in time. I haven't really thought much of Meditate so far in her career. There's a horse that I do really like in here, and it's Delight. I really, really liked her last race at Keelan. I think she's a horse that's going to keep improving. She's going to keep getting better with the distance. So I really, really, really like her in this race. Um, if I had to throw one, one more at a price, it would be last call. For Frank, with Frankie DeTori up. I mean, Frankie is superb on any surface, but especially the turf. And I just felt like, you know, this filly ran so well last time out. I believe she got the better Cairo consort to break her maiden in the stakes race at Woodbine. And I think she's just getting better with the distance, and she is growing up, and she is finding herself. So those are the two I like in this race. Man, this bad boy is wide open. JJ, uh, help us out here in the juvenile Phillies turf. Yeah, this is one of the toughest races, I think, of the event to handicap because there's so many options here, and there's not a lot to go on with, with most of these fillies. I, I'd say narrowing down the, the American-based runners, I do like a Comanche country who started her career in Europe and is a three-for-three three uh, since coming to the U.S., the daughter of Highland Real. She likes to come from off the pace and uh, and, and, and make a late rally. I could see her doing that here. But uh, I didn't like her drawing the rail. That kind of soured me a little bit on that. I like uh, Pleasant Passage, who uh, she's only had two races, but she's very versatile and she can she can handle any kind of going. Uh, she has superb works and a good draw in post five. So of, of the Americans, I like those two. Um, I do like Meditate. Uh, I don't like the odds though. I think Meditate is going to take a lot of money if she looks good pre-race. I think she's going to be the horse that everybody just goes to here. I don't think she's going to offer very good odds, but I do think she has a very legitimate chance to win. But if you're looking for an alternative, uh, Midnight Mile is a very interesting alternative. Uh, only two races on the resume, but she jumped up at the Group 3 level and answered the challenge. Uh, she could be anything. She has to break from, from the, an outside, but I think she's a good alternative to, to meditate, will be much better odds, and, and has, I think, as much chance to win. 
I found a stretch driver that oh so sharp stakes that Midnight Mile ran in. She found a lot of trouble late. It, it was a pretty much a mad scramble coming down to the finish, but she was actually reaching out to end, kind of drawing away from the field. I, I, I kind of like your uh, your tout there with Midnight Mile. That's for certain. Now, Alan, uh, you you like your horse so much you picked him in another race. Yeah, that's impressive, isn't it? That horse right. got some running to do. I just yeah. like free look a little bit. I, I think the horse may. It's it's not just because it's Chad Brown. I just I, I like those when those horses try down the stretch, coming off a maiden win. They can't seem to get by. Sometimes I think pay be a factor. I would give this one a free look, but I would uh, I do want to mention that Never Ending Story's got a great name. Just saying. <laughs> free looks six to one morning line. You get Flavian Pratt and Chad Brown, so that's a pretty decent price on that duo, I would think. There are worse things, but again, I I don't have much of an opinion in this race. That's why I'm begging these uh, ladies to give me some help. We're gonna need some help with the next race too. Uh, the, the juvenile fillies, I think, is wide open. Yeah, it's like chocolate gelato from the Fletcher Barn's probably gonna go favored, but I think this race is just uh, this has thirty to one written all over it. So, Caitlin, uh, you, you go first. Uh, what what's your uh, prognostication on the uh, the juvenile fillies? I agree with you. I think this is certainly wide open. Um, I like Chop Chop. I really like the race she ran last time at Keeneland. She was moving from the turf to the dirt, and I think she's better on the dirt. I think she could have ran an either race and done well, but I just really like the way she's training coming into this race. I really liked her performance. She had some trouble, still made up a ton of ground, was flying late, so the distance should be no issue. She obviously runs well at Keeneland. I really like her, and then I really like and Tell Me No Lies. She has done absolutely nothing wrong out in California. She's done nothing but answer the question. She's beaten horses that have been favored over her. And I just think she's a really hard-knocking horse. She's got a good foundation under her belt. And, I mean, I think she'll go off higher than 8-1. to I kind of envision her maybe around 10-1 to or something. And at that price, I would be very interested. Uh, Wonder Wheel is one that I've really, really liked a lot. But I think she's a little bit distance-challenged, so she may be one to throw in. Underneath, but I'm definitely going to try to beat Chocolate Gelato in this race with either Chop Chop or And Tell Me No Lies. Okay, JJ. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a tough race because I don't think there is a standout. I, I think they're all improving fillies. Uh, any of them could jump up with with a career performance. Uh, Chocolate Gelato does seem to have the edge with the speed figures, and she is very versatile. But uh, I actually like uh, Atomically a lot here. Uh, that's a horse that I was talking about that reminds me of Awesome Feather. I know she's been competing mostly against State Bread Company. Um, it has been completely overlooked because she's raced in Florida at Gulfstream. But uh, I, I think this horse has shown a lot of talent. Uh, this horse could step up for the, for the Pletcher Barn. I, I really like Atomically here because she reminds me uh, of Awesome Feather. And I agree with Caitlin about Chop Chop. Uh, Chop Chop proved that she can handle the dirt. Uh, just a, a, a great race in that in that in that rally there, but with the, with the late run to get Wonder Wheel. Wonder Wheel was t- really tiring at the end. I think Wonder Wheel was kind of exposed. I think that took a lot out of her. So I'm I'm not going with Wonder Wheel here. I, I'm going to go with Atomically and Chop Chop. And I think if you're looking for a long shot to put in your exotics, I would go with Shoplifter. Uh, I, I know that she's coming out of a race where there's, it's, it's not such prolific races. Fun and Feisty didn't really come back to do anything. But uh, I think this daughter of Super Saver, she had a great excuse in her debut top loss, uh, came back with a good second. 
Uh, I think she's going to like the setup of this race, and, and I think she's good for your trifectas and superfectas. Okay, I will interject here on this one, CC. then. That's okay with you, brother. Go for it. Well, I, I was set to play Raging Sea. I, I thought Raging – between uh, Chop Chop and Raging Sea, I thought all the love would go to Chop Chop, uh, and the odds would be depressed on Chop Chop. Raging Sea may go off at a price a little bit, and I thought they both ran well. Chop Chop probably the more eye-catching performance. But Raging Sea drew the 14, if I'm not mistaken, so I'm going to have to take a pass on that. Uh, so it, I do kind of default to Chop Chop, but I do think it will take a lot of money. But J.J. mentioned Atomically, and I am really intrigued by this horse. Generally speaking, these horses ex- exiting these Florida uh, Sire Stallion series down there, I have a tendency to, to with the exception of Awesome Feather, they, they run big numbers, they look really impressive, they don't run that well as a whole. But the way this one won last time in the um, – whatever Sire Stakes is down there. Uh, the horse was five wide and then just went by the horses at will. That's a sign of a good horse. And what also intrigues me about it is, like, this isn't like your usual horse that comes up from Florida for the Breeders' Cup. But the Eclipse and Todd Pletcher got this horse, private purchase. So it makes me think they think there's something there with this horse. So I think Atomically is a bit of an intriguing price to go along with, with Chop Chop. And I know J.J. also mentioned Shoplifted. Uh, that horse will be a big number. Choplifter. Uh, that horse did run better than it looked like at Churchill that day. That, uh, Fun Feisty got the jump, but Choplifter kept trying and ducked to the inside and finished pretty strongly. Hasn't raced since, and I wouldn't be surprised if, as JJ mentioned, if, if Choplifter got in there to, at a nice number, but I, I'm keeping my eye on Atomically as well, JJ. So for the 43rd straight podcast, we've got to show some love for our friend Michelle Lovell, and, uh, Atomically is by Gervin. And Gervin is the sire of Damon's Mound. Right. So we love right. you, Michelle. Yes. And, uh, yeah, again, atomically, Jose Pynchon is a, a very low percentage trainer in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. So for him to get this kind of horse running like this and then the Eclipse and Pletcher come in, eh, it does intrigue me a little bit. I'm going to throw some names out there. You guys comment on them. A couple of horses that maybe caught my eye. Uh, number nine is Grand Love from the Asmussen Barn. You get Florent Giroux at 20 to 1. Interesting that Asmussen decides to go here. He could have run this horse uh, yesterday at Churchill in the uh, Rags to Riches, but True. he chooses this spot. Uh, any any thoughts on Grand Love? You can have anybody. Him. Anybody. I, I'll, I'll pass. I, I get your point, but I can't play them all. I'll let this one beat me. What about you, ladies? No, I, just, I, I, I didn't know what the plan was with her running the Pocahontas. If they wanted her on the lead like that. I know that's how she broke her maiden was with front running style, but she just kind of spit the bit in that race and, and, and did not finish, uh, going on to a route. Um, I, I, I've heard a lot of people at Keeneland touting her, but I personally, the, the speed figures aren't there and I just don't know. It, it may be she had, did she have to go that way because she's a need the lead type? Is she not the type that can rate or rate yet? Um, that was my concern about that. I, she might be a horse who just can't rate or can't rate yet this early in her career. She would definitely be one that I would be looking forward to at three, I think, maybe. I'm a little bit puzzled as to why they ended up in the spot, because they really could have gone to the rags to riches yesterday, and that's where I expected them. But if she has been training, you know, very, very well, I mean, good to them. This is a wide-open race. Maybe she can, you know – cash a check, but I, I just, I can't see her winning the race unless there's something that I just am not seeing. 
I, yeah. I've just seen this race fall apart so many times in the past. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, was it Take Charge Brandy for Lucas mm-hmm. went wire to wire? Yeah. Year, uh, who was the, the Luch filly that won, I think, uh, or was it she's, I don't know. Luch, Rhea Antonia. Rhea, then Rhea Antonia, then She's a Tiger was another one that, that you know, you, I've just seen so many bombers in this race over the years. I think this might be the time to, to look at an upsetter. Um, May I ask Caitlin one thing real quick before we go move on there, CC? Sure. Yeah, you mentioned Antemino Wise, and deservedly so, Caitlin, but the the dame is Be Fair, and I know the name. I know she's uh, apparently produced seven winners and seven starters, so is there anybody of note that uh, that dame has produced? Did you say her name is in Be Fair? It's Be Fair, the the Be dame fair. of Antemino. Do you guys know off the top of your head? Apparently she's a producer. I mean, I've heard the name. She's an older mare. Let me see who else she has produced. Um, Indianati was her probably her other best horse. Um, and tell me, no lies, is by far her best runner. But I remember Indianati. Um, that was actually her first horse that she produced, um, an Indian Charlie horse from one of the last crops of Indian Charlie. But, yeah, everything she's produced is one. Be Fair was a stakes winner. She's she four wins out of 21 starts. Seems like she raced for Lucas, maybe, and uh, so, Van Meter, Tom Van Meter, maybe back in the day. Sounds possibly or Vicky Oliver, or Lucas, or something like that. But yeah, yeah, I know the name. Just curious. All right, all right. Moving on to uh, the last race we're going to talk about on this uh, Breeders' Cup Friday is the Juvenile Turf Sprint race that's been dominated by Wesley Ward. And he's going to have the favorite once again, I believe, with Love Rain. She drew the two hole. And uh, JJ, you, uh, you uh, like uh, Wesley Ward here with uh, with the Philly against the boys. Well, it, you know, if you go back to that that impressive maiden win at Keeneland, I mean, it's hard to ignore that. I, I certainly can see why she's in this race. But I, I, I tell you, I'm all about Speedboat Beach in this one. Uh, I, I think he's the one to beat. I, I think he transferred his form to dirt. Uh, to turf so easily. Uh, my only concern that is his lack of experience. Only two races coming into this test, but but that's my only concern. I mean, he's 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 just so quick. He can track or be on the lead, and he's so tactical. Um, as expected, there's a lot of early speed in this race. Of course, uh, th- th- this is one of the races I'm most looking forward to of, of the whole event because you have Tyler Stride, the, the undefeated Iowa bred, who. Uh, you know, everybody's rooting for because of the story behind him. And, and this horse is legit. Uh, I think they made the right decision by putting him in this race and not going in the juvenile. Trying to extend his speed out to the juvenile would have been a mistake. And the sharpest Aztecas have done just fine on turf. Uh, Tyler Stribe had a noticeable improvement in his turf work at Keeneland from his first work to his second work. His first work, he was all over the place, actually tried to jump the dogs. Uh, the second work, he improved his time significantly and also was much more familiar and happy with his surroundings. So uh, it'll be interesting to see to see how he does in this race. I also like a sharp as attack. Um, I, I know cutting back in distance, I think, is going to help him. His, his pyro was one of the best two-year-old turf races we've had all year. That was just an absolute phenomenal effort. And I think his next race, he just was going a little too far too too soon. And I, I think that this is going to be a big benefit to him to cut to cut back. Um, I also think Oxymore drew favorably. Uh, his concern a little bit is is the layoff a little bit, but I like uh, Oxymore and Mischief Magic. 
uh, is a good chance. I think he has, he, gosh, he raced against Blackbeard, who, who was coming to this race, but had to be scratched. So, uh, I love Reigns belongs here. Um, I certainly think she has a chance to win, but I'm really liking these horses. Unfortunately, they all drew to the outside, these horses that I like. But I, I think that contingent out there, they all have a good chance to win because they're, they're just so fast. All right, Caitlin, uh, one filly that J.J. didn't mention was uh, has drawn to the outside in the 12-hole, and that's the Platinum Queen. Why don't you tell us uh, a little more about this filly? She, she, I, I'm having a tough time with it because I absolutely hate the draw, but I think she is so far and away the best horse in this race. I may still pick her anyway. Um, she's coming off a win in the previous Abbey, which – she beat older horses as a two-year-old. Granted, she had a huge, huge weight advantage, but she is so fast. She's so good, and she's so seasoned, and she just keeps getting better and better and better and better, and she takes her track with her. So I don't think coming to the United States is going to be a problem for her. I think she's going to get the ground she likes. The draw is a problem, but I, I think she could still be good enough to win this race, you know, no questions asked anyway. <laughs> she actually won a Breeders' Cup winner in Challenge Series for the Turf Sprint. Not the Juvenile Turf Sprint, but they went ahead and <laughs> gave her the berth anyway. The Abbey is a winner in for the Turf Sprint. So they just went ahead and let her keep it for this race. Um, not going to let her run in the Turf Sprint, but she is so good. And the U.S. has really had a stranglehold on this race the five years they've been running it. Another horse that I really like in here at a price is Persian Force. Um, I like him cutting back a little bit in ground. Um, he's raised some really, really nice races. I think he's run very, very credibly to, behind horses uh, like Brad Sell, Blackbeard, and Little Big Bear. Those are arguably some of the best two-year-olds over in Europe that didn't end up making the trip. Of course, Blackbeard was supposed to, but ended up getting injured. But I, I really think Open Force, I was actually really surprised. I didn't think he was coming. So um, I'm mouth-watering at 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. And here I'm definitely wanting to use him somewhere. And, I mean, Wesley Ward has owned this race, uh, Love Reigns, and she loves Keeneland. So she isn't without a chance. And I, I think she deserves to be considered among the top contenders in this race. But really the Platinum Queen, um, the two fillies in here, the Platinum Queen and Love Reigns, really stand tall. And I really like Persian Force at a price too. So I think the Europeans and, you know, horses that have that European experience are going to maybe have an edge in this race for the first time in these runnings, particular race. What do you make of Tyler's tribe? Uh, the horse is coming from Prairie Meadows. He's five for five on the dirt. He's won every race impressively, uh, but you know, making his first start on the grass, Iowa bred at that. I really like the move to the grass for him. As JJ said, the sharp attackers have actually been really good on the grass. I think he can carry his speed on there. And I, I did like his most recent work. A lot better. He seems very well acclimated to Keelan. He is one of the most gorgeous horses I have ever seen. He is just absolutely stunning. But to me in this race, he is just such a wild card in a race that is just completely, you know, some in these turf sprint races, something funky always happens. And I just like I don't know what to make of him in this race, if that makes sense. I like him better in the spot versus what I would like him in the juvenile, but he's been so impressive out at Prairie Meadows, but I don't know what he's being. He has no turf experience. So he's one that I can absolutely see winning this race off of class and off of speed alone, but he's just so much of a question mark for me. 
If I may ask uh, you ladies a question before I get into my silly little diatribe, who gets the lead in here? I, I, I to me, it either has to be Love Reigns or Speedboat Beach. Okay, JJ, an idea? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Love Reigns, Speedboat Beach. Um, I, I think I wouldn't discount Sharpa's attack as yeah. possibly trying to go to the lead as well. Well, that you know, so you you two both mentioned the two that that I'm interested. In. Obviously, the Platinum Queen and Speedball Beach. Speedball Beach sets a new sets a track record at Del Mar, right? Comes back, they okay, let's put them on the turf, and the horse not just wins that the speakeasy rates, which is can be key from the outside, right? right. Prove that you can rate and still track a very very fast pace and rate. That's a that's a little bit of a different animal right there. So that that, that horse is obviously a contender. I have a hard time going against the Platinum Queen here. Uh, the horse ran second against. Against the males, against Highfield Princess, who I think is going to win the turf sprint over Golden Pals. So I know there's weight breaks that benefit from there, but I, it's hard to pick against the Platinum Queen. And what I wanted to ask Caitlin is, can play, can the Platinum Queen rate? Can that does that horse have to be on the engine, or can that horse sit off? I think she can definitely rate. I think she rated a little bit in the Abbey. I don't think she was completely on the front end the entire time. I think she's so experienced that she could probably you know, do what you ask her to deal to do. And I think she's going to have to rate from that position. And let me ask this, both of you, I give you, I'm going to give you the money to play three horses and a pick three, pick four, pick five, whatever. You only get to pick three though. Is love reigns. One of them. For me. Yes. JJ. Okay. So, so how many do we get in this race? You get three, you get to pick three, but only three. So I know you're going to take Speedboat Beach, for instance. Of those three, would Love Reigns make your cut? No. Oh, okay. There you go. I I get a feeling Love Reigns may drift up a little bit, even though it's Wesley Ward, with the combination of the the, the horses on the outside and and the fact that from the two hole. I just wonder what Speed, uh, Love Reigns is going to go off at in that race. So, all right. What about you, Cece? You got an interest in this race? I got nothing. This race is like it's got me tied up. I, I don't uh-huh. want to do. I think you could play Speedboat Beach if you wanted to, and then put, and then uh, play the Platinum Queen second, possibly, in case Speedboat Beach is uh, uh, the best horse in the race and just airs, and the Platinum Queen gets second on class. Or you can take the Platinum Queen to win easily, and then it gets, and then if Speedboat Beach stops, I think it could be chaos underneath. But that's just off the top of my head. Did anybody mention Private Creed? Horse should be no. picking them up late. I mean, I know it's a nice story, but I, I, I've never been that fan. I, the horse keeps outperforming my expectations. I'll put it that way. I just put him in the winter circle, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up the card. Uh, before we put a bow on this one, uh, I guess I'll go to everybody. Give me uh, your most logical single in any type of horizontal wager. And then give me a, a a long shot, ten to one or more. JJ, we'll go to you first. Ooh, uh, well, I, I I really like Speedboat Beach. Um, I I really think that he's going to put on a show. So I I would make him, you know, the bet the best play of the day. Uh, as far as a long shot, I don't know what atomically is. I don't have the odds in front of me. I don't know what atomically is going to go off at. But I, I would say atomically, if she goes off at, at decent odds, I mean, I, I think she's a really good, really interesting prospect in that race. Uh, let's go to Caitlin. I would say the one I would be most interested in would be the Platinum Queen. I'm hoping, 
I at least get somewhat of a decent price on her. And then if I had to pick kind of a longer price somewhere in these races, I think I would pick National Treasure in the Juvenile. Yeah, the, the Platinum Queen for me would be the one I would lean on the most, although I'd probably, I'm going too deep into a speedboat beach, but if you made me pick one, I'm, I'm going to take the Platinum Queen. And it's it, it sounds like a cop-out, but I'm I'm with JJ anatomically. I I can see the horse running nowhere, but if you're playing uh, you're playing horizontally, that's one I'd have to have in my tickets atomically. I just think they're and ordinarily I do not play these horses. I do not play them, but it's, there's something that uh, that I find in, intriguing about that one. Plus, I don't have much of an opinion in a couple of the other races, so I'll just default to atomically. How about you, player? Well, for me, it's silver knot. My my day is going to hinge on silver knot in the juvenile turf. But uh, yeah, you guys have sold me on atomically, and uh, you know I'm still going to have grand love somewhere along. I just got a feeling that this horse could be live in this spot. It's interesting that Asmussen chose this spot over several others. Oh no, I just think atomically's got that wild card feel to it. Again, I mean, you know, JJ, the horse could run ninth, right? Uh, right. But it's one. It's one I would definitely include on a on a on a uh, horizontal ticket. Oh, and let's do this. Let's do this. Most vulnerable, uh, most vulnerable, yeah, most vulnerable favorite in that five race sequence. Uh, JJ, we'll go to you first. Chocolate gelato. I agree. Kaylin. I agree as well. <laughs> Make it a sweep. I don't like those one turn mile horses going two turns. Uh, give me chocolate gelato. And again, uh, and then everybody get their bet down on chocolate gelato because I believe. Our last guest, uh, Kevin Kilroy, was completely against chocolate gelato, too. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, on Thoroughgraph, this horse lays over the field. I know. Yeah, he's just, she's just uh, way better than the rest. But, yeah, it just, it just, you know, betting a practical joke at a mile 16th. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a huge cave rock guy like some people are, but if you're going to tell me to take kick out cave rock or chocolate gelato, I'm going to kick out chocolate gelato, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and I like the favorites in the turf sprint, so. And I don't know who the hell the favorite's going to be in the juvenile Phillies. I didn't even know it was in the damn race a minute ago, right? So. Perfect. Okay, that wraps this up. Uh, this is part one of our Breeders' Cup seminar. And we hope uh, if you've tuned in, you, you'll listen to part two, which should be coming up shortly. So on behalf of Alan Schneider, J.J. Heisel, Caitlin Free, this is C.C. Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.